Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to another Super Coach Insider podcast. My name is Swizz, here to talk about the Round 6 team discussion and Q&As that have been sent in this week. As always, check us out on all the uh, platforms out there, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube. Uh, we really appreciate everybody who's been checking out our content. Uh, the boys have put up their team podcast, so definitely check that out. I know we uh, caught up together to talk about Round 6 and some of the trading discussions that have been going on. Um, I know we've had some questions since then, so that's fantastic that people have been reaching out. We're always happy to talk Supercoach and footy, so thank you to all the people who have been checking out our stuff, and hopefully we um, can answer some, well, I can answer some questions here today. Uh, so overall, uh, I've dropped, uh, I went up this week, 7,000 overall. I uh, scored 2,202 was my score last week. A uh, couple of trades that happened, so I brought in Doherty, um, so just to sort of strengthen up the back line, um, and also went early on Sammy Hayes. I was going to have a Driscoll. I'm really regretting that now. Um, I was kind of really worried about his role, and um, looked fantastic in that Fremantle game. I was there watching the Bombers and Freo, and really um, cemented his spot. So a little unfortunate, but well done to the 40% who now have him. Um, I did recommend to a lot of people to get him in. It was one of those last-minute decisions where I thought, no, I needed some extra cash because that's what I want to do the next couple of weeks. And looking at the rookies that I want to bring in and the premiums I want to bring in, um, I was going to be a bit hamstrung of you know, what I can do if I didn't have enough cash available and also if I um, had to bring in Hayes in a couple of weeks' time, which I was always planning to do. So he looked fantastic, so I'm not disappointed there. Just a little bit disappointed on the fact that O'Driscoll has gone from, you know, nixed out because of Darcy Tucker being the sub to looks like he's going to have a couple more games, but then that's always dependent on how well he plays. But um, So well done to those who took my advice and the other boys' advice on that. Um, so, so far this week, I've made two trades, and that's all around first Vrell. Um, unfortunately, you know, he seems to be maybe carrying injury or just playing a bit of a different role. I know the boys and I talked about the other day about it seems like Took's now the attack person attacking the ball and not hasn't laid a tackle the last two weeks. And Matty Rowell just seems to be playing defence and, um, well, defensive midfielder where he's been tagging blokes and, and just worrying about tackling. Um, I know, I think the Sunday footy show was talking about the fact that he just gets no uncontested ball at all. Um, so there's always a chance that, you know, somebody's highlighted that to him. But just the way he's sort of playing at the moment um, and that break even of 100. Um, so I'm going to move him on. And that's where Rossus has come into the forward line, averaging 73. Doing a lot of that defensive pressure stuff around the packs. Uh, didn't kick goals this week, but the first week kicked three. So um, I really think he's a good cash cow to have. And I'm really hoping not as many people jumped on him, will jump on him, because they obviously went to Driscoll and they're trying to upgrade. Uh, so, yeah, so Rao down to that, down to him, makes 270k. And the other one is Proust, which I was always planning to get in. So Hayes becomes my backup. I don't have the Ruck loophole at the moment. And I will definitely um, be hoping that Proust plays. And if he doesn't, Hayes, it seems like a handy backup as it is. And I'll just be backing those two in at the moment. And if something goes wrong, well, I've always got the option to, you know, use the trade at some point and put English back in there. Uh, for those who can see now, it's I've got English on the um, up in the forward line. So that was the trade last week with Grundy. Um, it was kind of a thing on Thursday when I was discussing it with Chris, how many um, forwards, or how many Ruckman Collingwood were playing last week. And I was kind of really w worried about Grundy's role 
and he's um, struggled a lot against Brisbane. So, yeah, Grundy moved on last week, so that freed up a bit of cash as well. So after those two uh, trades that um, I'm going to be making, uh, that's I've got 680000 in the bank now. There's a big chance I might use a boost this week because um, I don't want to just have 680000 sitting there. And uh, the news just came out there where Cameron was talking about not tagging Jack Steele if he was to get off the leash. Uh, they'll send a uh, lucky ash to him um, around stoppages but so I was I was sort of tempted by getting stealing last week I kind of wanted to have a look at him one more week he's looking really good in that midfield so I might probably move that week uh, this week where he's got the break even of 115 it's just about making sure I've got enough cash to get Oliver and um, Petrarca in over the next couple of weeks uh, I was tempted by getting Petrarca in this week but I'll um, hold off on that and I'm still sort of debating a little bit around Walsh uh, Brayshaw around that, but I think Petrarca is the one I've been sort of targeting. So it'll definitely, I think, it will come into my side possibly next week as long as I can have the amount of money. But yeah, so still um, coming in. Uh, so it just depends on who I want to do that for at the moment. I really kind of want to hold Horn Francis for another week. I really want to go Horn Francis to Oliver. Uh, so Clary's definitely on the agenda for next week. I think he's got to break even at 172. Um, so, and there's always a Slight chance he could get that against the Tigers, the way we've been playing. Um, and McRae obviously went 158 a couple of weeks ago, but I think at best Oliver probably goes like 130, 140, drops another 20k, um, and then yeah, we sort of pick him up around that 590, 600 mark uh, the week after. So that's why I'm looking at Horn Francis to him. Uh, and Horn Francis only got the break even of 50. I think that's manage manageable even against the Cats. So I'll hold him for another week. Hopefully, if he goes like a 90 and Barry doesn't go as well, well it could always be Barry up to Oliver. Um, in a perfect world, the, you know, it could be both Barry and Horn Francis, depending on how much cash I'm left after the steal and which way I go there. Um, yeah, so that that's where I'm looking at. Um, the other one, obviously, I've moved and why I've got so much cash is Aaron Hall. So Dacos has gone in there, and that was the trade for Proust. Um, just one of those unfortunate things. Uh, Ben's obviously shared his thoughts about you know, Aaron Hall, and we always knew he was injury-prone, so it's just the way it goes sometimes. But, um, you know, unfortunately, um, that sort of muddled up a couple of things that I was planning, but, uh, you know, we'll reset and we'll go from there. So, yeah, so that's what I'm looking at this week. Um, I don't think a lot changes. There's usually I wait till teams before I confirm stuff, and that's where Grundy ended up going out of my side last week when I saw those teams. And so it's always um, you got to look at that sort of stuff, and you're looking at sort of matchups and break-evens. And, and long-term, I was kind of thinking what I want to do with those rucks. Um, you know, I'm always usually a set-and-forget guy, but unfortunately with um, just the way things have been... Um, going with the rucks this year with even now max lynch becoming available since hawthorne's uh, injuries yeah there, there's just so much value around there so there was a bit of discussion around that even wait for lynch but Proust, even with possibly flynn you know i think he's still got the ability to go 80 um and then if, if flynn does go out and he sold rucks well we know he can go 100 and it's just money to be made so i really prefer Proust there on field um, i've got no issue if people want to bring him in as r3 and uh, just make that cash and have the security of maybe a, a more premium ruck, but I think that money can be used elsewhere, and that's where I'm sort of looking at steel. Um, okay, so I've had quite a few questions. I'll thank Abdul in particular, because on the Richmond Forum, he put up uh, if anybody's got any questions and stuff, and people have been asking that. So um, first one's from Adrian. Uh, we've got uh, rank these top eight midfielders. Uh, McRae, Neil, Laird, Oliver, Brayshaw, Steele, Miller, and Merritt. 
great because a lot of people are looking at what their top eight. So I think there's a clear top six with McRae, Neil, um, Took, Oliver, um, Steele, Miller. I know I've said Miller, so it's uh, McRae, Neil, Took, Steele, Oliver and Petrarca. I think they're a six in themselves. Um, and then you've got the seventh, which I think Brayshaw was the seventh, but um, as I think Chris said the other day, it'll be interesting to see what happens when Fife comes back. And then out of your list, uh, Laird and Mer Merritt, well, unfortunately Merritt's out for half the year. If he came back, um, it's going to take him a couple of games to get in it. And by then, it might be your last upgrade, but I'd definitely have Laird. I think Laird's a good pod. Uh, the, obviously, Sloan's gone down probably for the end of the year and hopefully not for his career because everybody loves Sloan. So um, Laird's not a bad pick if you're looking at that. I think it's a bit of a point of difference and um, he's definitely going to score well in that midfield. So yeah, I've got no problem with him if you think he's the sort of seventh, eighth guy there. Uh, for Michael Fleming, his keys now affirmed as a lock, currently a pod, scored over 100 every game and with Sloan gone. So very similar to the uh, lead question. I don't mind keys. I was saying this to the other boys, to the boys the other day. I don't think... Ben will jump on board with that, obviously Keyes being a former Lion, um, but I, I think he's a very Jared Lyons type of guy. Um, you know, he tackles, does a, does all the things you want from a midfielder, um, and the only point, person scared, taking points off him is lead, but we've seen with Petrarca and Oliver, um, you know, I'm trying to think, of like, you know, we can go back to Pendles and Swan and all those Geelong midfielders for so long. Uh, it doesn't really matter if there's a second guy, but the Bulldogs are a great example. You know, McRae, Bond, Bailey Smith, they all score. Um, yeah, obviously winning helps because the bigger percentage of the pie. So yeah, I, I don't see Laird being a, a problem there. And yeah, Keys, no problems. I, I don't think you you're looking at him as like your M4 and M5, but everyone's sort of talking about this M8 um, spot. Um, and someone talking about Tom Green because he's a bit cheaper. I've seen Bailey Smith thrown up. Sam Walsh is a good one. I really do like Walsh. But then still, how does Walsh play when Cripps comes back in? Paddy Cripps, a lot of people will hold. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he gets up this week. So there are some good options at the M8, and I don't mind the keys. It's it's something different. Uh, so from Carl, most had the top three rucks this year in, as Gorn, Grundy, and Darcy, but that seems a long shot now. I'm keen for an updated projection. Um, yeah, I really like Darcy. I watched him play. Obviously, it was only against Draper, and no offense to Draper, but he seems a bit of a yard off at the moment. Um, we saw what Darcy can do against the uh, weaker rucks. Um, you know, he had some massive scores on the tail end last year. It's going to drop cash. Um, it's a shame because all three of them have the last buy. Um, but I really like Darcy um, as that R2. I, I have, I've had Gorn R1 all year. I'm keeping with Gorn R1. Um, I just think when the whips get cracking, you know, he's going to score even better. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to be that 130 guy that we used to see, but I, he can still go. 115, 120 is an average. So Gorn 1, Darcy 2, and Grundy are way, way down on 3. Um, we were hopeful that last year and the year, year before was just kind of those sort of down years. But ever since he sort of signed his contract, it seems like he's just gone downhill. And, um, you know, when they played, well, technically up to five Ruckman last week with Kruger, Cameron, Cox, and Roughhead used to be a Ruckman um, in the same side. It's never good for him. So I think he'll rebound this week, Grundy against the Bombers, but then I think there'll be some lean periods after that. Uh, from Brenton, uh, with the return of Zach Jones and Hunter Clark, uh, will those who jump on Jack's 
Jack Sinclair train um, have to jump off the next station. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, always like a good train joke as well. Uh, yeah, it's my way. Like, I don't think Sinclair's a bad pick, but the, with the Saints start, like, the Saints have had a really easy draw to start the season. And unfortunately, I think it, for them, it gets a bit tougher. I know the Ds are coming up for them soon. Um, even GWS away this week's, you know, never an easy um, contest. Um, but the bigger thing is Zach Jones comes back in and Hunter Clark's not that far away. So not that I don't think it affects his role majorly because, you know, I think he'll still be up around the ball and a bit of half back there as well. But because, um, you know, we do say about the, the dogs, that, you know, they can manage and get a lot of points there because they've got so many good midfielders. But you've got to be winning to do that. I think in those tougher games, Sinclair probably drops back from, uh, you know, that sort of 100, 115, I think he's going at the moment, more back to maybe a 90 guy. Um, so those who have got him from the start, fantastic. But it's the problem now jumping on. I think you're going to end up having a guy who's, yeah, more 90s. And that might cost you compared to some of those um, top defenders. So I'm not, I, I was recommending sort of Sinclair. I was happy for those people messaging me and saying, should I jump on? And even up to last week, yeah, no problems. But now I think with the Saints' ins, um, you're going to start missing out. or that, That's going to become a, a decline of his scoring. Uh, so no, good one. Uh, Callum wants to know how to plan for the buys. Uh, he hasn't played Supercoach for 10 years, Callum, but yeah, wants a bit about buy strategies. No, that's fine. Um, so you want to be looking at no more than three players per line um, from each buy round. So that's sort of how I've been sort of planning mine. I know like Ben was talking about, like I think he couldn't get in Doherty it was because that would have given him four defenders from that round. So in a perfect world, you kind of only want three at maximum because you've got the best 18 on field for starters. Um, so it doesn't matter if you're kind of missing one out of that, out of each line. Like, so if you've got, I mean, you can't cover one. So you've got two defenders come on. So they come on and cover those uh, two of the three guys that you've got missing. You miss one while well, you've still got four guys who aren't going to count to your score. Now in a perfect world, you want 22 playing. Um, and then it takes your best 18. But, you know, as long as you've got 18 and hopefully not many rookies on field by that by time, um, that that's fine. So yeah, that's the first strategy. And the second with the boost this time, you want two boosts for those buy periods. So um, not the first week coming into buys, but um, round 13, round 14, you want to bring in three guys from round 12 and three guys from round 13 uh, in a perfect world. So you, and it doesn't need to be obviously upgrades. It can be like maybe two upgrades, one downgrade, or you might even want to go one up, one down, um, set it up like that. But in a perfect world, you want to be using six trades through that buy period. Um, and yeah, you want to get your team as close to finish as possible. And that can include like Cornelio or Dacos if you think that's kind of near a finished product, um, because those guys could still be scoring really well. Um, so it doesn't necessarily need mean get all rookies out. It's just the ones that aren't scoring as well, like you know your Rochelles and Horn Francis, who can be up and down. You kind of don't want them as you leave the buy period. Um, uh, Abdul wants to know how to preserve tennis rackets, so that's a good Richmond joke where uh, Abdul every time he cracks it, he um, throws a tennis racket and that with his team. Uh, Brian, what what would you suggest as a minimum amount of trades to have after the buy rounds? Yeah, great question again, Brian. Uh, the big one, it's always hard to, to tell with that because, you know, a lot of people go aggressive early and try to get their team up to full premium. And I know I've tried to do that in the past and uh, I think I've had three top thousand finishes, a couple in the top 500 where, yeah, I've been aggressive and my team's flying by period um, where other people got more trades. 
but they um, you know, aren't scoring the same amount of points as me because of that reason. Um, the issue then I had one of the years, I think I was ranked about 40 or 50th, and then I end up running out of um, uh, running out of trades and playing for overall there, and there was an injury, and then that yeah set me back to about the 500th mark. So you definitely want, in a perfect world, you know, you'd, you'd love to have four coming into the finals, if you're especially a league player, um, because, yeah, obviously it's going to take some of those trades to upgrade. The bigger issue this year is with these COVID protocols, so um, you'd probably want maybe six coming into the home and away, so you backtrack there and go, well, if you can get away with sort of 12 after the buys would be perfect, because we've got the extra five trades this year, um, but it all depends, I guess, on COVID. Like, if we end up getting a big outbreak in one of the teams in two or three weeks, especially, say, the Bulldogs or, or Carlton, where a lot of people have those sort of players, yeah, it could massively change and we might have to use some boosts. So I would say coming out of the buyers, 12 and one boost at least, maybe two, um, is your perfect scenario. Uh, so... No, nothing on that one. So I did have a question from Shane uh, regarding... Uh, drafts and uh, what happens if you do if you've got people uh, your commissioner who's you know trying to bend the rules and mucking around with, with some of that stuff um yeah it's, or even just you know general trading and drafts and that which is obviously something that people like to do um firstly yeah if you've got a group of you usually just mates playing draft but um yeah you should have some set out rules um, from the start, which always makes things easy. If you're all in communication with each other um, and people being transparent, then yeah, you, it takes away for any dodgy dealings happening there. Um, and also, uh, with trading and that, um, that's where keeper leagues are the better way to go. Because people who are sort of start getting this situation where they've already lost three, four, five games and down the bottom, well, it's hard for them to keep motivated for win for winning. Where at least with a keeper league, if they're down the bottom at this time. Of a year, they can start. You could start offering trading. So let's say, hypothetically say you've got Rochelle and you're up the top of the Premiership. Well, they might want Rochelle and they might want to give you one of your good defenders or something like that um, because they're rebuilding for the you know for the future where you've got a chance of snagging a Premiership. Um, so I always think keepers are the better way to go. But if you're in a standard draft, um, yeah, you you'd hope that some of those teams have started slowly, start making some moves and that, but. And that's where the waivers get really important, depending on the the size of your draft too. You've got to just, um, yeah, it's always hard because there's more people who are more keen than others. Um, so if they're picking off the best players in the waivers all the time, it makes it sort of harder for everyone else. So that's where the standard drafts gets, you know, gets hard. And now I find that even one of my standard drafts, I think I've got, you know, five dusty. Um, uh, there was somebody else who I picked up late. Uh, Zachy Merritt as well, so I've lost three of my primos and that, so the motivation for that yearly draft is a bit harder, where if I was in a keeper, um, yeah, some of those guys might be picked off for guys who have got teams who are up and about and who might be challenging next year, and I might go after some kids, so yeah, that's that's usually the way uh, for that. I know Carlos asked me a question, I'm just trying to find uh, that one. Oh yeah, uh, Petrarca or Tim English. Um, yeah, so as I said, I went and got Tim English last week. It's a bit of a dilemma for some people. What do they do with Grundy? Um, I, I nearly hold Grundy this week just because it's the, it's the Bombers, and I think um, he should score pretty well. But, yeah, Tim English has shown that he's going to be a top six. Um, he's looking so comfortable, and he's, he's developed really well. So, um, yeah, I kind of think you need to get him. It's probably you're now you know, priced out. Um, we'll get into that point where it is paying premium price, but at the same time you're getting a top six forward and who can look after you in the ruck. 
Uh, Petrarca, I really love as, a, as an option. We know what he can do, and I think as the season goes further on, he's going to have some massive games. I know they've got the Tigers this week who do league points, the Hawks the week after. So I don't mind that either. In a perfect world, you want both. Uh, just because they break evens, you probably want to get English now and then try to get Petrarca in a couple of weeks. Um, that's the way I'd be going. So I think that was from um, Kelza. So thank you for that question as well. Um, and what have we got here? Thinking of going, this is from L. Thinking of going, uh, Raul, uh, Grundy to, um, and, and PMAC to Witherden, Steele, and Pruce. Um, thoughts not loving trading out Grundy, but need to free up the ruck spot for Pruce. Yeah, and I think a lot of people in that situation at the moment where what do you do with Grundy? What do you do to how to get Pruce? And there's no, if you're going to bring in Pruce, and there's a way for you to put Hayes, say, in the forward line if you've got him sitting at R3 or Dixon. And just have Bruce on the bench this week and play Grundy on field for one more week. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but at the same time, some people might want to just jump in completely on the Bruce train like I have. Um, and yeah, to get in uh, Steele, yeah, definitely. Because it's Primo for Primo. And Jack Steele, we know what he's going to be top. I think he's going to be top three. Um, you know, he, he's only had that one bad game, which is, in the fir- which is the first match against the Pies since then. He settled back into doing what he does best. Um, GWS, I think he should score pretty well if they're not going to tag him. Um, so, yeah, it's one you want. Witherden, I don't mind. He's scoring really well. A bit different this week. McGovern's back. Um, but just with the way McGovern and Hearn, obviously their age, um, and Witherden was always going to be that sort of player, just needed to be the one in that role. Loves to kick the ball, takes kickouts. I think he split them with Hearn on the weekend. I think he might have taken seven, and the other one would have taken six. So, uh, yeah, now I, I don't mind the Witherden one. The question is you just really want another West Coast injury down the back line. Um, so that that's definitely a thought there. So I don't mind that trade, L. Um, so definitely um, something to consider. Uh, so that's all the questions I've, that I've had. So thank you for those, and hopefully I've answered them. If you want any more, um, definitely uh, you know, track me down on Twitter if you found me on Facebook. So yeah, more than happy to talk Super Coach, and uh, yeah, and hopefully yeah, coming up to the uh, as we start to approach those buy rounds, um, yeah, people are starting to think about what they want to do with their strategies around there. We've had the dual positions come in this week, so yeah, definitely check out that. And, um, I think the forward line with Parker and Lipinski are very interesting. The back line, Pendlebury and Zorko. And then we've got all those forward rucks. So yeah, there, there's plenty of options, plenty of value still out there. Um, and everyone should really be looking for Clary next week. Um, Clayton Oliver, break even 172. You're not going to get him much cheaper again. Um, so yeah, definitely hold one more week and be trying to look in a way to get him in. But outside of that, you know, it's, yeah, it should be an interesting week. And uh, oh, yeah, and I forgot to mention my captain. Sorry, I don't know Ben's usually always bugging me about that. It used to be my thing. Um, so yeah, this week uh, I think it's Neil into McRae or um, whichever one's playing first. I think it's sorry as I'm trying to get this back up. But we've got uh, I don't mind still on the Friday night. But yeah, so Bulldogs um, playing Adelaide up at Mars. They absolutely love playing up there. So McRae vice captain. And then Neil's got um, Gold Coast on the Sunday. So, yeah, I think that's pretty simple. So you might want to consider Steele. But, and, and, and Gorn's not a terrible shout either. But, yeah, if you've got McRae and Neil, I think it's pretty simple this week with captains. Yep, so that's it all this week. And make sure you're checking out all the other podcasts. And um, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys.